Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We come to worship you this morning. We've come to give you glory. We've come to bless your holy name. We thank you. We praise you. And we bless you this morning. Everybody say, we bless you. Lord Jesus, Jesus. Holy Spirit, Spirit. have your way. way. Amen. Amen. A man after a man after God's own heart, and what these yes, this which glorify God. It's like, oh my goodness, it's almost overwhelming what, what I have just heard and seen. Is this just me? Everybody feeling that way? Okay, good. Good, good. Okay, then we're going to go to uh, John, uh, fourth chapter of John, verses 13 and 14. And I think, not think, Jesus answered and said, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. I'm just going to, I just need to read this out of my Bible right here. Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give. And who is I? Jesus. The water that Jesus has to give will never thirst again, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Let's go to chapter 7, verse 37. By the way, I want the title of this morning's message to be, Let's Make Jesus Famous. Seven thirty-seven, John 7, verse 37. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, one translation says, out of his belly, out of his heart, out of his belly, will flow rivers of living water. Verse 39. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So Jesus was prophetically speaking of the Holy Spirit which was coming and relating it, comparing it to water. Right? It's like, okay. All right, he's speaking of the Holy Spirit being that 
of rivers of living water that will flow from us, from our heart, out of our belly. And I think, what do those rivers of living water look like? What do you think the living water is? And what do you think the water that flows out of us is supposed to be? Have you ever thought about that? The Word? Ah, yeah, absolutely, the Word. Rivers of living water, I say living words, as we speak words of life over people, that's living water, right? Words of life that come, it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So <laughs> flowing from our heart comes rivers of living water, which is basically spirit-led words that bring encouragement, that build up, that are prophetic, not pathetic. <laughs> words that build people up, that edify and encourage, that's what's supposed to come out of our mouths. And then rivers of living water is flowing. Okay, I want to go to 2 John, and we'll begin with verse 1. John describes this as basically the first big miracle that Jesus did, right? Yeah. Okay, right. On the third day, second chapter, verse 1. On the third day, and I'm reading out of New King James. That's typically what I teach from, what I study from most of the time. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to this wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what is that? What does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother completely ignored what he said because she was his mother. <laughs> she turned to the servants and said, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now, there were six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20, 30 gallons apiece. Like, so that's what they would hold. So six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews. So I, I, I just began to find this so intriguing that the problem there is that they're running out of wine. Now, how many times have we seen Jesus do miracles of multiplication. Take a little bit and just multiply it. Well, here's a bunch more, no problem. We, I can take care of this, like boom. Bring me that last glass, bring me the last skin or however, pitcher, whatever they carry it in and, and uh, just, just keep pouring from that, right? We, we, we've seen, we've read, we've read the gospels. Here's what Jesus did. He multiplied and multiplied and multiplied. But no, this time he took water, but he took water pots that were part of the purification process of the old covenant. Never thought about this before. It's like, huh, 
the things that begin to stand out, when, when Holy Spirit starts directing you around, look at this. It's like, oh, well, I knew he took water pots, and I, I, I've thought about that, but I didn't realize six water pots according to the manner of purification of the Jews, which it's like, oh, I just started thinking about this and kind of getting downloaded. It's like, we're talking about purification, part of the water. I don't know if that was... I, I, I didn't want to take the time to study what all of that meant. So somebody probably already knows answers to what the water pots were as part of the purification. I only know that they were part of the Old Covenant purification because it was of the Jews. So are you with me? The water pots, what Jesus chose to end up having those filled with water. So everybody just say with me, living water. When Jesus is dealing with water, it becomes living water, right? So Jesus said, fill these things up. These old custom, these old covenant, which the old covenant was something that, that, that worked to a degree, right? It was what they had to go by, right? So we would have to say that, you know, it, it was working because of the, of the sacrifices, because of all of the things that took place in the temple. But let's just say it together, Old Covenant. Old covenant. It was Old Covenant. Old Covenant stuff. But he, so he's emptied them out. He's now filled them with water. And then his instruction was, his mother said to the servants, do whatever he says. So there were these six water pots. 20, 30 gallons apiece, so we're talking about at least 120 gallons, like good grief. Jesus said to him, fill the water pots with water. They filled them with water to the brim. And then he said to him, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. So they drew some water out in a pitcher, and they carried it to the master of the feast. It's like... Wouldn't that be kind of a scary place when the master of the feast has asked for wine because we're out of wine and you're carrying him a pitcher of water? It's like, uh, okay, well, his mom said, do whatever he says, so here we go. So they carried it in there, they served it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made, wine, and didn't know... The master didn't know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then that which is inferior comes. But you, you've kept the good wine until now. It's like, oh, the good wine. We're going to end up talking in... in, in in a little bit, or now, about the new covenant that Jesus speaks of, where it, it, we're drinking of him, where those who thirst, those who thirst, come to my well, and I will give you living water that you'll never thirst again. I will give you living water that's going to spring into eternal life. I will give you living water, which is the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the inferior has passed. It's been 
replaced by the superior, which is the living water of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. Pretty quiet. You think I'm a little bit crazy, or is this not making sense? Okay, all right, good. We're going to dig into this further as we go. But I am believing that it really had very little to do with the wine, that his first miracle was something that was pointing to the new covenant, which was pointing to the Last Supper. It's like, okay, oh, this is all making sense. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for... I'm bouncing around like, what, why, why are we looking here? What? It's like, okay. So his creating that new wine where the Bible starts referring to new wine that won't fit into an old wine skin because it's going to expand and break, whatever. It's like, we're talking about the new wine, the new wine of the new covenant, which is the Holy Spirit, which was not yet available because Jesus had not yet gone to be glorified. We're all together now. Then let's go to uh, let's go to chapter 22. Yeah. Chapter 22 verses 19 Yeah, then let's don't go to 22. (laughs) Let's find Luke 22, not John. Luke, there is 22 in Luke. Let's go for Luke then, if you're going to get so picky. Okay, Luke 22, verse 19. Is that better? You know what? Yeah. 22:19. And he Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to him saying, "This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me." And he said, "Likewise," as he took the cup After supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. The new covenant, his blood being shed for us, will be filled with the Holy Spirit. But I want to point out another really, really interesting and intriguing scripture that I found in all this that I had never found before either, and it's Luke 22.10. Now, when he was getting the room prepared, I say getting the upper room prepared for the Passover feast, for the Last Supper, he's explaining to the disciples that he wants him to go there, and they're, and they're trying to figure out, well, how or where is that room? How will we find that room? And he said to them, okay. Enter the city. Behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. It's like, oh, behold, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. 
follow him in the house which he enters. Then you shall say to the master of the house, the teacher says to you, where's the guest room which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he'll show you a large furnished upper room. Make that ready. So they went, they found it, just as he had said to them, and they prepared the Passover meal. That is not just in Luke, it also is in Mark. I want to, Mark 14, this was so significant to me, I want to look it up in two different, two different Gospels. Mark 14, 13. 14, verse 13, but, wow, Lynn, how did you get... Oh, because you're back in Luke again. Wow, go to Mark. Mark 14. I start looking at the screen behind me. Mark 14, 13. Is it on the screen? Oh, good. Thank you. And he sent out two of his disciples and said to him, Go into the city, and a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him. How interesting is that? Is that not interesting that we're talking about carrying a pitcher into the water to go to the upper room where we're, we're going to end up receiving the new covenant? Like, oh, this is just really cool to me. Okay, so now we're going back to Luke, uh, to Luke 22, 19 and 20. Where he says, and he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to him, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Now, such significance in this to me, again, is find a man that's carrying a pitcher of water into the upper room where we're going to see and experience a new covenant, which is that of we're going to now see that we're drinking the blood of Jesus, that we're eating the broken body of Jesus, which is representing the spiritual food and drink that has been prepared for us. It's like, okay, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. Jesus is, Jesus is the righteousness of Christ. If we are prepared to, as we hunger spiritually, it's for Jesus. As we thirst spiritually, it's for Jesus. His broken body was broken for us. His, by his stripes, we are healed of our every illness. By his blood we are covered. By his blood we are forgiven. It is the sacrifice for our sins. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father is through the Son, Jesus. Through his blood, no longer are we having to go through the rituals with the the rock pots, the, 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 the pots, and all of the rituals and the cleanings and, and, and the sacrifice that's done and taken place in the temple. It is by his blood that the veil was torn that we can enter into the holy of holies with confidence, knowing that we will be met, and that his Holy Spirit 
is available to empower us. Jesus said, I have to go, that he will come, and the Father will, like, what does water do? What do you do with water? Pour it out. I will pour his spirit out on all flesh. So who is it available to? Every one of us. It's like, yeah. Thank you, Jesus, that you, that you have led us, that you have shown us, that you have directed us, that you are the answer. And I... When we are, as the first scripture that I read, or the second scripture that I read, it was, it was talking about that water that he's talking about, that living water that he's talking about. Drink from this and you'll have everlasting life. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. It was very clearly about the Holy Spirit. And that when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we have been empowered from on high. And it says, by the power of his might we can accomplish i thought that was so awesome when kiki said god look what i've done for you look what i've done for you look what i've done for you i'm working so hard to win your favor in my life and it says son son just let me do through you it's the might of his power working through us the might of his power. And it's not about the works. And it's not about the things that we can do. The things that we can accomplish. We can work our tails off. And depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. It's like, oh, knowing, knowing him. Knowing him is becoming intimate with him. To know him is to dearly love him, to be intimate with him, and to say, come to the place where I say, God, I, I, I submit, I give it all to you. I give it all to you, Lord. I, I, I give everything that I am, everything that I will be, everything that I want to be, I give to you. So I want you to come in and be Lord of my life. It's not what I can do for you, it's what you can do through me. Thank you for the power that I've been given through your might. My power through his might working through me gives me, this is making sense, everybody, sorry about that, Aunt Betty. She told me, quit saying, does this make sense? <laughs> I'm trying to listen here. When I look at silence and see everybody with kind of a, it's like, well, does this make sense to somebody? Uh, okay. We're, we're, we're back at it. Uh, like, we're going to move into Ephesians and go through about two or three chapters there. I was so fed this. I had, a, I had a month to prepare and give me a month to prepare. And there are so many things that have gone through my head. I now have like four sermons to do today. It's like, so, hope we got plenty of time here. Uh, Something that I, that I have written down here is like, look 
for the man that's carrying the water. <laughs> Look for the man that's carrying the water. What did Jesus say? Look for the man that's carrying the water. And what does the water represent? Holy Spirit. Look for the man that's carrying the water. So what, what is our call? To be water carriers. That people, I mean, we want to make Jesus famous. We need to be the ones carrying the water. Look for the man carrying the water, which will lead you up to the upper room where you will understand and get to experience the new covenant. <laughs> Look for the water. Look for the water carriers. Look for the water carriers. Okay. We're ready to go to Second uh, Ephesians, chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2. And decide how much we're going to read here. Ephesians chapter 2. My goodness. This is so good. What I have highlighted here is 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Okay. There's just too much really good stuff here in the second chapter. I can't quit with that, just 10. Uh, chapter 2, we're going to start. Ah, I'll read really fast. How's that? Verse 1. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Who's that? Satan, devil, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, everybody say, but God. Oh, love that. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive. So even when we were right smack in the middle of our sin, dead in our trespasses, made us alive with Christ, by grace you've been saved. Yes. Raised up together, he made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Ooh. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, 
Not of works, lest anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who were... You know what? We can skip down a ways to... We're going to go to verse, yeah, we're going to have to go with 18. can't pass that. Verse 18 through, through 22 for sure. For through him, for, through Christ, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself, the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being joined together, grows up in a holy temple in the Lord. That's us who we're talking about, growing up together into a holy temple of the Lord, each of us individually housing the presence of God, growing up together as a body to become the holy temple of the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for the habitation of God in the Spirit. Okay. I'm just going to keep reading. Good grief. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. How many of us are Gentiles here? Check. We were Gentiles. Now we're adopted. We're king's kids now. King's kids. If indeed you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I wrote in a very few words, Uh, by which when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men this is knowledge for us today as it has been revealed by the spirit to his holy apostles and prophets that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body partakers of his promises in Christ through the gospel which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of His power. The grace given to me by the effective working of His power in me. Okay, we're going to jump to uh, third chapter. I'm going to have to... We are in the third chapter. (laughs) Go with verse 14. For this very reason I bow to my knees, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Whose glory? His glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that our inner man is going to become strengthened with his might, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Pick me up, turn me around, set my feet on solid ground. I'm grounded with roots that go deep. 
may be able to comprehend with all the saints the width and depth and height of Christ's love. To know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You want to be filled with the fullness of God? Let's just say, more, Lord. Fill me to overflowing. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. The power working in us, God working through us. Mm. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus through all the ages, world without end. You know something else? I want to, <laughs> I want to just take a second to, to revisit because I, I skipped over it. 9 and 10 and 11 and 12. I should have just read it all. <laughs> to make all people see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. Amen. He created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be manifold, means coming out in all kinds of places, entered one way, coming out in several others, like intake manifold, exhaust manifold, known by the church, that the intent, in the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God, everybody say manifold wisdom of God, God. which is so many outlets, one input, many, many outlets, might be made known by the church. The wisdom of God being made known by the church to the principality and powers in heavenly places. Oh, so the manifold wisdom of God is going to be made known by the powers and the principalities in heavenly places by the church. And who's the church? We're the church, according to the eternal purpose with which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Okay, 4-1. Chapter 4, we're going to verse 1, then we're going to jump down to 11, and then go to 21. Don't have time to read all of this, even though it's rich stuff. Um, Ephesians 4.1, Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, I beseech you to have a walk worthy of the calling which you were called. It's like, okay, step up, walk the walk worthy of how to what you're called to. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, Bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Uh, We can go back to that living water flowing out of our mouths if we're speaking encouragement, if we're speaking edification to one another. How much easier is it to thrive in the bond of peace if we're speaking words that build one another up instead of tear one another down? if we're speaking of other ministers and and speaking positively of them because we're all a part of the body of Christ, 
if we're speaking about other people that we're encouraging, building them up, not cursing or tearing them down, that's much easier to keep the unity in the, in the spirit through the bond of peace. One body, one spirit, just as you were called in, one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in y'all. <laughs> but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Man. And Christ's gift to us is salvation. We've been made, put in right standing with God. Okay, we're going to uh, skip, move to 11. And he, he who? Jesus. He, Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying, the building up, of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now we're going to jump to verse 21, 421. And when I, well, I could go back and revisit that just for a second. To equip and empower you to fulfill your purpose in Christ, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists have been given to the church for the equipping and for the empowering of the body to be grown up into the full stature. How many people in here feel like there's a, that you have been called to be an apostle? Apostles. Any, anyone that feels an apostolic, that you're supposed to be an apostle, or you are an apostle. How many, <laughs> how many prophets? We got 300 people and we have no apostles and one called to be a prophet. How many people, if you feel a calling towards the, to be called to, to the office of a prophet. Don't be ashamed to raise your hand. If this is something that you feel that God is calling you to do, that you, that you felt in your heart, then it, okay, let's do it again. I saw about four or five hands that time. All right, awesome. You know, that's the purpose. I was talking with... How many of you remember John and Anna Bays? They've only been gone a short time. And God shook them up, turned them around, put their feet on solid ground, and sent them out. It's like they're in Kentucky right now. I talked to him three times. He's called me this week. The first one was over an hour, and each time, you know, conversations, he's just been asking more questions. They felt that God sent them to Kentucky. They are in Kentucky healing the sick, casting out demons. They have yet to raise the dead, but it's like, oh, my goodness. They are doing it. It just like on steroids and with questions. We're talking about on-the-job training, out there in the middle of it, calling back, now what do you do? And, and uh, he, he called the day before yesterday and said, well, I got two young people to baptize. You know, help me out with this. Like, okay. Gave him the directions, the scriptures, and 
They're baptizing, casting out demons, baptizing, just, <laughs> it's like, and this is a guy that had a brain injury whose wife had to help him communicate a year and a half ago. God healed him. They went to VSSM. He stirred him up, shook him up, and then sent him out. It's like, that's creating disciples. <laughs> like, and I just, I bless him. I encourage him. And I continue to speak to and mentor them. It's amazing. It's just, it's a, a wonderful thing that we have the opportunity to equip and empower you to fulfill your purpose in Christ. We're just looking for, as Kiki said, that yes. The yes. Okay, verse 21. If, indeed, you have heard Jesus and have been taught by him, as the truth is in him, in Jesus that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Hmm. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. What, sp what spirit has control of your mind? Where does your mind go? When you're going in the spirit, where does your mind go? Be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which was created according to God in righteousness and true holiness. Amen. I heard here a few weeks ago, maybe close to a month ago, that, that holiness was a gift. And I said, no. Chuck Pierce, holiness is a gift. It's like, no, that can't be. And I wrestled with that. How many know that it's okay to wrestle a little bit with God? To wrestle until you actually get an answer? It's like, oh, that, it can't be. Holiness can't be a gift. Holiness is, is, is what we live out. It's how we live. But it says right here, you were created according to God. When you put on the new man was created in God in righteousness and true holiness. We can wear righteousness and holiness when we, in the spirit of our mind, renewed to put on the new man, cast off the old man, and we can are seen and can be made not only righteous, but holy, and then we have a requirement to walk that holiness out. I'm going to ask, does this make sense again, but I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> She's still here. Oh. Uh, it's like, oh, God, okay, I, I understand it. I understand it. When I cast off the old man, when I bury the flesh, crucify the flesh, and I put on the new man, renewed in the spirit of my mind, then I am seen by Father God. I have been reconciled to him as holy. And it is my responsibility now to walk out that holiness. Oh, So, here we go, back to the scripture. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which was created according to God in righteousness and true holiness. Therefore, putting away lying, each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we're members of one another. Be angry, but don't sin. 
Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole not steal anymore, but rather give him hands to work. Let him labor, working with his hands, doing what's good that he may have something to give to someone who's in need. And now, back to that mouth thing. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart, what's grace? Unmerited favor. Favor. That it may impart grace to the hearers. Man, you want to bless the hearers? You want to impart grace to the hearers? Then don't let any junk come out of your mouth. Just something that will build people up. Don't grieve the, he- the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let our bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. Therefore, be followers of God as dear children. Be followers of God as what? Those with saying, yes, yes, I can do that. Simple obedience, childlike faith. Yes. I think of John and Ann. I still <laughs> can't hardly believe that they're living in Kentucky, back in a little bit of the rolly hills of Kentucky, in the backwaters of where all that flood was, listening to Holy Spirit. He just told me, he said, it's a good thing that Ann has the gift and that I pay attention to the gift his wife has. He says, because we were at some, some, some place, and he said, she just says, oh, John, I just heard we got to go. I just heard we got to go. We need to go. We go, okay, okay. You heard from the Holy Spirit, we need to leave. They jumped in the car, took off, and either the road or the bridge washed out about 20 minutes behind them, so they wouldn't have been able to get home if they weren't obedient simply as children listening to the voice of the gift that she has been given. It's like, whoa. Therefore, be followers of God as dear children. Come into the kingdom as children. Walk in love as Christ also has loved us. Walk in love. He's loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. You can just read down through the rest of that where it says a bunch of these, I don't know, What's it take another 30 seconds? But fornication, all uncleanness, covetousness, let, and fornication is sex outside marriage. Let not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, nor filthiness, nor foolish talking or coarse jesting. It says, you know, wow, if we're going to make Jesus famous, if we're going to be ambassadors for him, if we're going to be pointing the way to Christ Jesus, that people are going to, there's a water carrier, there's a water carrier. It's like, you know, there's some stuff that we're just don't do. Because we love him, because we've committed ourselves to him, because we check our heart in every situation. It's like, it doesn't say I can't do this. The Bible doesn't say I can't do this. So I should be able to do this. It's like, just kind of like Kiki said, though, it's like, is this for me? Is this going to glorify him? That I'm constantly checking my heart position. It's like, is this going to glorify God? Am I going to make you proud, Papa? Or, 
O is what I'm considering doing, the battle that I'm having right now. It's like, well, I can do. It says I can do what I want. I, I, can, do that. I can do that. I can do that, but will it glorify my Father? Does it, am I showing the love of Jesus in my heart by doing that? I'm going to ask one more time. Does this make sense? It's like my heart position has to be such that it's submitted to God. I'm willing to do a man after God's own heart whatever he calls me to do. What blesses his heart, not what hurts his heart. So when I check my heart to make sure it's in alignment with his heart, then I don't need a whole bunch of rules. That good? That real good? Yeah, when my heart's in alignment with his heart, I don't need a whole bunch of rules. I just need to, like Kiki saying, I just need to stay in touch with him. I need to have that intimate relationship with him so somebody doesn't have to be telling me, yeah, don't do this. Uh, yeah, no, don't do that. No, dirty jokes. You're not supposed to hang around and be laughing at the dirty jokes, foolish talk, coarse jesting, filthiness. No, no, no. I, I'm going to carry my water somewhere else. I, I'm not going to hang around for that. And the last, yeah. As we finish off, go down to the bottom, we've looked, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is goodness, righteousness, and truth, proving what is acceptable to the Lord, having no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather exposing it. And down in verse 18, it says, Don't be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, or one, one says debauchery. Dissipation and debauchery both end up pointing to sexual immorality and just losing what you have. You, losing what you have. Don't be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation or debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. I want to back up to this, this, this wine thing and even, even Jesus making the wine where the water, the water, the water, the water, which represents the Spirit. And I just believe that right here when it's talking about wine, it's, it's something that comes between you and the Holy Spirit. It's like, okay, you choose, you choose, you choose. But is your heart going to be in alignment with my will if you get caught up in drinking too much? And what's too much? So I say, oh, well, I think anything. And I don't, this, this, is not just a, this is not just about drinking. He listed a whole bunch of things here that I started reading. But we don't really need to be focusing on what we're not supposed to do. Again, we're focusing on what brings my heart into alignment with his heart. And when my heart is in alignment with his heart, when I do something that hurts his heart, I'm going to feel it in my heart and I'm going to knock it off. We call that joyful repentance. Joyful repentance. Okay, wow. I cannot believe it, but I've gone almost 10 minutes over. Would you stand?
What are you laughing for, Fallon? You do believe it? Thanks. Well, for the last month, you haven't had anybody else go overtime, so it was time. Father, I, I, I thank you that you are such a good, good, loving Father. And as you continue to reveal your heart to us, that we would continuously check our hearts to maintain relationship between our heart and your heart. And that you would be really quick to let us know, but you know, I know that there's such a, a big part of that responsibility is mine and, and it's ours, that we end up spending our time with you and that we create that intimacy in our time with you. Say, we thank you for Holy Spirit, that you guide us, that you direct us, that you lead us into all truth, that you convict us of sin, let us know, so we can come back into alignment, heart alignment with the Father. I pray that you would strengthen us, that you would encourage us, that you would intensify your words, your dreams, your vision, your communication with us. And in that, I pray that you would open our eyes with the eye salve, that you would open our ears to be able to see, to be able to hear, and experience all that you have for us. And I just say more, more, more. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Lord, bless you and keep you. I have a prayer team come up here, and I, if there's, if the prayer team would come to the front, if there's something that you need prayer for this morning, sometimes there's, I mean, if you need a cleanup, a little cleanup this morning, it's like, man, I, I need to break some stuff off. I need some stuff broken off me. You know, we 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 continually fight spiritual battles, and we end up sometimes in places that. We can get some yucky stuff on us. You know what I'm talking about? And sometimes we just need a cleanup. We need a spiritual shower. And if that's you this morning and you say, yes, I need that shower this morning. I need a little bit of a cleanup. I need some Klingons broke off. I just encourage you to, you know what Klingons are. It's like when you walk through something, this is kind of like you go in the wrong kind of swamp and you end up with leeches stuck to you or something. It's like you can end up in some wrong environment and, and, and just kind of walk by. Yeah, I feel yucky right now. And uh, I'd like somebody to pray with me to break some of that off. I'd like to break some of that off. Are you with me? Surely there's some of us that would like to end up getting some of that broke off. Surely there's somebody that needs healing this morning or that just needs a refreshing in the spirit. And I encourage you to come to the front now. Let's pray together. If you have a need this morning, if you just want refreshed this morning, and the presence of God's here. He wants to refresh. He wants to rebuild. He wants to heal you this morning and break off the whatever it is. Father, I give you thanks once again 
I praise your holy name and I bless everyone in this congregation right now. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed.